think for me it was just like being at home. I think that's 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 all I needed was to just be at home because when COVID started, I was I was in PE um, at Rays, and as soon as they were like lockdown COVID, what what I called my mom. I'm like, girl, come and get me. I I, I want to come home. Awakenge, this is Mental Matters, hosted by Asago Toto. to believe that they are kings that everything is possible that they should hustle they should grind yeah. while women are told to take care of me yeah. I think we're slowly changing that narrative but as I said okay upper like this it's funny how this conversation this episode came about because Lindo said I shouldn't I should combine this interview since as you this is pure I thought I'm going to do it with you today and in you know, yesterday. But as usual, she always. Um, I'm more like I'm more like suggestive since we're actually in the same industry and both females. I was like, why don't we just combine it and do something together? As much as we are in the same industry, we do different things. Yeah. So why would you want to separate those two? There's a lot I can learn from her, from her industry. Maybe there's some things she can also learn from me, from my industry also. Yes, one thing I pointed out in Osego when he told me that we're going to do it combined. I was like, okay, why we, Why is it that us females have to be combined, but when it's the chance, they always do their own thing so then. Like I did, like I'm hearing your perspective yeah. now, but <laughs> when I first heard it, what he said, I was like, I can hear that actually. Oh, so you felt like this interview was more like a shared type of thing? Mm, the cosmos. Like individually, you get to focus like, okay, when we are for example, me on my own perspective, but when we're together, we have to like share this about in some sort of sense. Two different perspectives. Which is, I don't mind, and there's no issue because not already really create some banter and joke and then yeah. yeah, yeah. I was just saying, yeah. you don't get you. <laughs> <laughs> and we've worked together before, also. We've worked together before, also. But I think it was the first time we, we met. We met. Like in 20. Last year. For you, this whole 21 years. We've worked together. We worked together. Mm, so it's. It, I don't know why she. Huh? She was complaining I initially about us doing this together. But I have to be an activist regardless of anything. Wow. So next time now, when you have chance here, they must do it together to promote equality and fairness. Man. <laughs> so, um, let me start with you, Why not? Why not modeling? Why not? Where to do it? start. Actually, so back in 2017, right, 2017, um, I had entered for Mr. and Ms. Nelson Mandela University. Yeah. I've never entered for a pageant before. And, you know, it was just one of those things where you're just like, let me just enter and see how it's going to be. Mm. 
And to be honest, my mom was totally against it. Like, you're young, it's your first day in varsity. She was all, she was thinking about all these things. You're going to be in stage naked, you're going to be walking on stage in a swimwear. No child of mine is going to do that. You know, but I, I, I pushed through, man. You know, I pushed through. Um, so, I think we were actually in Mosul Bay. Because we, before the actual show, we had to do a photo shoot to H4 advertisement um, and marketing, you know, reasons. And then our photographer was like, she pulled me apart on, on the side while we were doing the photo shoot. And then she asked, have you ever modeled before? And I was like, ah, no, I've never. And she's like, is it something that you would actually consider? And I was like, no, not really. But given the opportunity, maybe I might. But it's not something that is just heavy on my mind at this moment. I'm just entering a competition. And then she, from then, she was like, I want to give you a contract. I want you to come and model for me here in Mosul Bay. Okay. <laughs> Left, went home. I didn't think much about it. And then um, towards the end of the year, same year, 2017, a friend of mine called. Um, and then she was like, Linda, I have this um, shoot that I need to do in Mosul Bay with the same agency. She was with the agency before. And she was like, I have this shoot that I need to do in Mosul Bay. And they asked me to bring someone that I'm going to do the shoot with. So I just thought of you. I'm like, okay. And then I went back, met with the agency again. And then she was like, I remember you. And she gave me a contract. And then I signed and my modeling journey started there. It's <laughs> crazy. You quickly found success. Actually. Not really. I wouldn't say I quickly found success because... Like, I think she would agree with me. It's not... Going into the entertainment industry is never easy. It's very hard. Especially here in the Western Cape. It's a small town. From George, it's a small town. And the mere fact that I had to actually go to Mosul, I had to leave my own town in order for me to kickstart my own career. You know, that, that, that says a lot. So I didn't... I wouldn't say I found success at an early stage. I was just... I was lucky. It was more of those things. I was just lucky for that year and then I continued with them for only a year which was 2018 and then I left went to PE and then from there I struggled I don't want to lie I thought I thought as soon as I get to PE my things are going to be going to be out there I would get a lot of fashion shows I, was, I, was, I thought I was going to be busy but I got to PE I struggled 2019 2019 I struggled I think my breakthrough came in 2020. During COVID. During COVID 19. Which was actually a crazy, crazy time. During COVID 19, my breakthrough came. Um, I think at that time I had um, entered for Miss Essay. And then we were a lot of us that entered. I think close to 2000 and something, if not more. And then they had to, you know, tone it down to 35 people and I was part of that 35 which was a great thing for me and not only for me individually but also for people that are staying in George in the garden rooms you know because it, it, it attested to that it doesn't matter where you actually are or where you come from you know if you want something and then you are brave enough to go for it yeah the results will show so you uh, in terms of entertainment, you know, entertainment industry, how, where, 
same question I, I was asking What made you become an artist? Um, I think artistry is not something that is new, it's something that you're born with. Like, mm. since mm. Again, it's an energy that's instilled within you, like from birth. Because um, you don't train kids to like draw or like sing or like dance. Like, you, those things come to them naturally. And as you grow up, you realize those are your passions and those are the things that actually make you happy. And those are the things that you connect with to like to connect with your inner child or to just so nah, I'm usually just a singer, dancer, and I like creating videos as well, like skit videos and just anything that builds me joy. Not for not typically for other people, but for myself. So you said you're not creating videos. I don't think I like creating videos as much as she does. <laughs> It's just me walking in the runway, just for fun. Yeah. For her, I think it's a, it's a whole different story. Mm. She, she's a content creator. Yeah. So, so those are yeah. that name I've never actually like known. People call me a content creator, but I've never like considered myself like a content creator. Right. Like, you know, I don't think I actually like for content creators, rather than just on Instagram, maybe like for Kim, for Van and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like a normal person that you see like doing like normal things like oh, we're normal people. Girl, come on. They're normal people <laughs> but in our eyes they're not normal people because yeah, they yeah, reach yeah, that yeah, success yeah, yeah. and they're considered That's they're true. recognized and they're acknowledged for their success. Okay. Which is you know we haven't yeah, gotten to that point. Which is I didn't consider the things that I love doing as content for people. Oh. It was just something that I love doing but they ended up being something that entertains about doing those in general. So so this question goes to both of you. How did you both cope in terms of two two reaches through COVID nineteen? How was it? How did you feel? Should I just start? I start. Okay. Um COVID nineteen I wasn't studying. Um after matriculation, I went to the University of Fulton to study industrial psychology. Mm-hmm. And during my second year, I got really, really bad anxiety disorder, and I had to drop out. Lost a lot of weight. I sat down like it was a big, big mental problem. I was at home for like twenty, the rest of twenty nineteen, and then when COVID started, I was visiting my sister in Jordan. I think the way that I coped was through spirituality started seeing angel numbers, um, started fixing my chakras, those are the key points in your body that help you stay aligned and peaceful and whatever. Like spirituality was the thing that helped me the most because it helped me heal and work through the issues that I had from trauma, from childhood, from past experiences and all that. So that led me to being here, like applying here and coming here to help I think for me it was just like being at home. I think that's 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 all I needed was to just be at home because when COVID started, I was I was in PE um, at Rays, and as soon as they were like lockdown COVID, what what I called my mom. I'm like, girl, come and get me. I I, I want to come home. It helped a lot, you know. I I, I think 
but for me just being around people that I love being around people that care about me it, it centered me a lot you know I, I I wouldn't say I had any anxieties or worries about COVID-19 apart from the fact that it isolated us from people but I think it was also a blessing in disguise because look how far like look at the amount of work we've managed to achieve since COVID-19 started we've diverted um, and went straight into you know using technology using social media we stayed connected through social media and I think it, 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 it as much as it has its ups and downs you know the COVID-19 but it also it made us you know to, to, to be innovative you know and, and to use the space you, you have and, and what you have at your disposal to stay connected to people because I did a lot of my modeling about when it was COVID-19. From the whole Miss um, SA thing to being on SA Fashion Week, that all like came about when we were still, you know, in COVID-19. And I've always been someone who's always like, I always had something forward to look to. I always had something, I'm like, okay, after Miss SA, what am I, what am I going to do? I'm stuck at home, where to from here? Started, you know, entering online competitions started doing online um, costumes, you know, and traveled to Joburg, came back, you know, you get called back, so you have to go back to Joburg again. As much as that was all stressful because, yo, I don't think they could be banned as it was super scared. And especially at that time, we you can't travel to certain places. You have to travel with yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, that was stressful for me because I was getting a lot of... I had to reject, actually, a lot of, um, um, you know, modeling work. I don't like to use the word gig. It's, 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 it's my job. <laughs> I feel like if, if I refer to it as a job, then I take it seriously. I had, to, I had to cancel a lot of those, a lot of opportunities that could have taken me very far. But at the same time, you know, I understood that at the right time, everything is just going to come together and, yeah. I feel like uh, COVID-19 was a blessing in disguise because we all had our ups and downs and mostly it exposed, exposed a lot of things in terms of mental, mental, mental health. So, how does it mean to be a woman in the community? Sure. A woman in this entertainment industry, like she said before at the beginning of our talk show, there's a lot of inequality. There's a lot of inequality. If you are a female and you are trying to occupy the space, you are going to struggle. People will want to take advantage of you. You know, um, it's 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 not easy, but we we push through, man. I think if if you know what your business is about and, and you know you, you're someone that is not scared to go for what they want mm-hmm. then I'm not saying it's going to make things easier but then it, it just it gives you the purpose to actually press on being a woman so I'm a house calm I'm the chairperson of the house comms for the next two months <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I remember, yeah, yeah. like, one of the questions they asked us was, what is women in the mm, mm, and what does that mean? 
But I feel as if we always talk about, okay, that women should take up space in leadership, blah, 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 blah. But when they actually get there, they're undermined by the men. That's and it. they're constantly degraded. Um, comments are said and the energy just shows that even though you have worked to reach this position, they do not think that you are qualified enough or respected enough to hold the position. So being a woman in leadership will always be tough. Being a woman in entertainment will always be tough because we are always seen as second best to women. So we have to work twice as hard, even though we have twice as much capabilities as men. What men can do, we can do with our eyes closed, honestly. So I think we just need to break those stereotypes and... I think it's more about awareness and telling people about these things because uh, people who grow up in rural areas where we are told that women are just the caregivers yeah, and that yeah, yeah. are the ones that are supposed to be doing the work. Men are the ones that bring home money. You just carry the baby, bring the baby into this world and take care of the baby and that's your role basically. You're not given a chance to get education, to get a job, you're not given equal opportunities. Which is if we can cut that dynamic in half and start by spreading awareness. For example, lots of people have an ACBC, like, like as Lali, everywhere, like ACBC, one, two, three, mm-hmm. there. Because there'll be programs about women, women, like equality, women awareness, and stuff like that. Because of the more people, and more people would know, because the issue is that people do not know this. They do not know that we are equal, because it has been programmed in their minds to believe that women are below. So, in terms of, you are saying that we need to create more awareness. Mm. Definitely, we were talking about being online, everything being online, social media. How are you both being able to spread that awareness? Being, like, in a way of empowering other women to take up their spaces, as, as you said. We had a woman's chat recently at an event as the house comes, which is, I feel as if that gave us a great opportunity, a platform for women to like voice out the things that they are experiencing here during the world. I also had a part where I had to like say a speech and everything, which is, I talk, spoke about feminism, which is something that impacted my life. Feminism is the social, political, and economical equality of the sexes, meaning men are here and women are here, same level. So if we could have more talks about that, if men could start presenting attitudes that show that they believe that women are more equal, are like are equal to men, it all starts with you as well as us because women like taking time. Honestly, I'm a father. We are led by men subconsciously. We don't even realize that. Say Tata Indo that a man do and we apply it onto ourselves. If a man does this, maybe it's because of me. If a man does this, maybe it's because of me, because we are insecure because of our own issues. So if we could cut the link between men and female and start working towards growing ourselves, I feel as if that is the way. Like she, she said it all. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm actually zoning out and I'm asking myself, why do we keep asking women what needs to be done? It's always like that. Yeah. You guys perpetrate us and then you come back to us and you ask what needs to be done. <laughs> like why? You know exactly what needs to be done. You know, I think us as females talking about these things, it it, it, it doesn't help because we've been talking. 
I think things will actually start changing as soon as men join these conversations. As as soon as men actually take a lead in this, you know, um, conversations. You guys need to lead by example and not just talk and not just talk. You know, implement action. <laughs> no, implement action. Honestly, one wanted to feel. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> You know, I think, I think, I think for real, it's it's, it's about time that we we really need to. I think Zozi once said this: we really need to stop asking the victim what needs to be done. You know, because we keep on doing that. When we come to addressing gender-based violence, we always come to females. What do you think needs to be done? But we are not the ones that are abusing ourselves. We're being abused by the other gender. So we need to redirect those questions. To the other gender and ask them, where is the issue? Why, when you see a woman, do you see something that it's easy for you to actually to, to, to manipulate? And I also feel as if it comes from how we were raised. Men are raised to believe that they are kings, that everything is possible, that they should hustle, they should grind, yeah. while women are told to take care of me. Yeah. I think we're slowly changing that narrative. But as I said, okay, upper like develop cities, you know, we have like yeah. social media, like yeah. there's a lot of campaigns that are telling us like, okay, we're equal, but still the corner areas that are not being rural areas, undeveloped areas, they don't know men though, and they make up most of the population up in South Africa. Definitely, definitely, yeah. definitely. But they definitely, don't know definitely. Them, and those people take their ignorance into the world. Mm. Mm. And how do we then change that? You know, I think those are like some of the questions that we need to ask ourselves. As people that have, we we have all the information, we have all the resources. I think it's a matter of you as an individual asking yourself, what role am I playing to make sure that, you know, I... To make sure that I just, you know, I destigmatize what we are all used to. To make sure that I'm able to reach out to the rural areas and, you know, teach those kids teach those young girls, teach those boys also, because we can't always uplift the females only. If we ignore yeah, the guys, then yeah. we're going to go back to, you know, actually, facing was, the same issues that we are about now. Say that when you said, where, where, where can we change? I feel like we should start at a young age as men. Yeah. It's more like, in the three previous episodes, as she was complaining also uh, to men, is the fact that as much as we try to avoid the, the, the thing of mental health, it's very important. It's it's always around us, mm. as we said that we started back in twenty twenty. Yeah. So I feel like it, it's a matter of that. But how are we going? Are we going to address young children in terms of of educating them about mental health? How to 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 treat women. Yeah. Yeah. How, how are we going to address young children yeah. parents don't even know anything about mental It's a fact that, that it starts with the education system. It starts with the education system to try by any means to, I would say, to evolve it, to make it, to modernize the, the education system. So I would feel like it starts with that. Let's look at the subjects that we do in high school. Um, life orientation is supposed to be the subject that addresses in mental health. 
Have you ever heard about it? Depression, the anxiety, and life orientation. You literally know what they talk to us about and all those things. Which is, you know, that's a big, big, big problem. I think I think for me, mentorship is actually I believe it's actually one thing, one of the few things that could actually help us when it comes to addressing this. What? You know, mentorship. mentorship. Having ah, someone yeah, yeah. that mentors, yeah. mentors you, having someone that you look up to, I think it really plays a, a big role in a person's life. I grew up, I had a mentor, which was my mom. <laughs> but it doesn't always have to be someone that you are, you know, related to. But I think having that someone that is older and wiser, someone that can actually show you direction, guide you, I think it, it, it really plays a, a great role in a person's life and also on the choices that you actually, you know, make or take as an individual. But when you are lucky, you should also point that out. You are privileged enough to have a mother that understands mental health. Not yeah, I'm not was saying, it doesn't always have to be your parents or someone that you are related to. You know, she was not like honestly, I she was not the only person that I looked up to. Even at school, there's always that one teacher that you are close to, even if they teach in a subject that you know or you don't know. But just having someone that you can always go to and and you know talk to and have conversations about whatever. Yeah, yeah. school should have a guidance counselor, for example. Yeah, we don't have those things. We actually don't. But at the same time, going back to the the modernizing the education system, for example, we have a, a counselor here at Nelson Mandela University. What? But a counselor. counselor. Okay. Yeah. Counselor. But are we using it? Probably just like for the one campus. We have. 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 But we didn't have one last year. Last year was just Charles, and to this year, I think her name was Shantae Shantae Jacobs, and we also have a student counselor as well. So I mean, yeah. which is those are the people that can help because it's sometimes difficult for females to talk about females issues. Yeah. 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 As much as feminism, but it's about opening up and like being able to share one's differences and problems. I wish this thing would go along, but yeah, and I have a meeting. We have a meeting. What about some of the part one and part two? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay, no? We'll do that. Thank you for having us. Thank you for having us.